Welcome to Priority Talk Live here on your Thursday. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day, a nice day. It's wet, it's rainy, it's sloppy. Everybody has got to be uh, really, really careful out there today during the drive time this evening. And uh, we're glad to be with you today right here at 101.1 FM. That's WXJC Radio. And uh, what a thrill it is to once again uh, cover uh, the, the northern half of Alabama for you and beyond. But thank you for being with us at 101.1 FM. Thank you for those listening online at WXJC Radio. Thank you for those uh, watching on Facebook already. Uh, we're at Facebook Live at our Priority Talk Facebook page. And, of course, uh, some of you will hear this later on the podcast, Priority Talk. And don't forget about our conversations with Greg Davis podcast as well. All of that is found at PriorityTalkRadio.com. People always ask, how can I listen to you, Greg? Well, there you go. There's all the different ways. Uh, you can listen uh, on the air. You can listen online. You can listen later. All the different ways you can listen. Okay. Um, it's a heavy day. Look, this uh, this shooting in Texas just is going to dominate the the news uh, this is uh, one of the is it the deadliest shooting like this in, in history mm. I think it's more than the Sandy Hook was as far as deaths possibly yeah I, I think it is I could be wrong I, I'm I'm just saying that off the top of my head I know it's more than Columbine and some of the others it is they, uh, they, the worst one actually was in 1927 oh really yeah 1927 it was not a shooting it was a bomb oh bomb yeah yes. yeah yeah and and I think the anniversary of that was just recently, in the last day or two recently yeah and there was uh, 44 people killed in that which just goes to show you if somebody wants to do something bad they're going to do it i mean if you set off a bomb that's worse than a gun yeah no law is going to stop if this someone. guy would have set off a bomb he'd killed everybody in the building yep and th- at columbine that was their plan they had bombs that they had taken to the cafeteria oh yeah and uh they would they were going to go off when the cafeteria was full of people and they didn't go off they left them in backpacks and they didn't go off and you know of course i've talked about it but i'm friends with some of the family that lost people there were two wires that were crossed was the reason those bombs didn't go off so people say where was god well there you go i don't know if that's god or not but it certainly could have been much much worse would have killed hundreds of people had they gotten there so really what happened with them was when the when the bombs didn't go off they just decided to go shooting people they they really had their guns more to defend themselves and they were setting off bombs. And then when that when they didn't go off, because they came in and planted the bombs and went back to their car, and we're going to watch it. What? And, and then when the bombs didn't go off, they just said, "Take it into our own hands." And they went on in with their, uh, you know, with their ammunition and guns. Uh, so this is a really really bad situation. I want to talk about it today. Uh, you know, it's evil. There's nothing else you can call it. So we're going to talk about evil. Uh, then a little later in the show today. At about, well, at 4.30, no, excuse me, 5.30. I still have to get used to the time change. Uh, at 5.30, during the second hour today, yeah, we're going to visit with Jeremiah Johnston. He's been on the program uh, several times in the past, including fairly recently uh, when he was on with us uh, discussing his book, uh, Unleashing Peace. For those of you on Facebook, there's a copy of his latest book. Um, and it, Shalom is, uh, is really what the book is about. It's about peace. And so he was with us uh back a couple of months ago and we've been trying to to get him back on uh, recently because he's taken a new role with uh, Prestonwood Church out in Dallas 
He is now the associate pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement. And I just think that's an interesting title because you see associate pastors of this, associate pastor of that, you know, pastor, you know. Um, and here's someone who is the uh, a pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement that a church is making that a priority. And I think that's pretty cool. He's also overseeing the spiritual development of the uh, Prestonwood Christian Academy system of schools, which I believe is the fastest growing uh, school in Texas. So we visited with Jeremiah a couple of hours ago. He was not available during showtime, so we've already recorded that interview, and you want to hear what he has to say about all of that. He also today had an article on foxnews.com concerning the uh, the shooting in Texas, and he lives in Texas, and he uh, has an article there that I thought was uh, was well done, and uh, so we discussed that as well. And uh, and what where are we at? What's our role in this? You know, as Christians, how do we respond? Uh, how should we feel? What should be our spiritual response? That's uh, sort of what that discussion will uh, will center on. So that'll be at uh, at 4:30 this afternoon, as we recorded audio. There won't be a video on that, um, not uh, not a live video, uh, but uh, we'll video that on Rumble later. It'll also be in our Greg Davis Conversations podcast, as well as Priority Talk Radio podcast. So. Um, you know, if you can't listen in live, I, I encourage you to hear this conversation. Like I say, it's already happened, so I know what's said, and I'm encouraging encouraging you to listen to it. I think you'll be glad that you did. But um, a lot going on with uh, the shooting, and, you know, one of the reasons that I don't typically like to, um, I guess maybe I'm just not a breaking news kind of guy. You know, this is not a breaking news station. We don't. I'm the only live show on for now. This just in. Yeah. So while we do, if something's happening, we will respond to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll let you know. But I, I, things when they're breaking, and Jason knows this from all of his years in television news, you get yeah. things wrong. Yeah. And we don't know everything. And people say things and they're not true. And that's happened in this Texas situation. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And so today the uh, the sheriff, the, I get, was he the sheriff or the uh Anyway, what, whoever it was there, um, the ranger or whatever he is in Texas, uh, set out today to sort of tell what really went down, what happened, and you know, give, gave some, sort of gave the timeline. Uh, one of the big issues with this, just I'm gonna play this audio. Can we do that? Uh, one of the issues with this was how did he get in the school? What was the uh, situation with the doors being locked or unlocked? And so here was a little bit of what the sheriff uh, had to say today. One more thing I forgot to mention that that I want to clear up that came out early on. It was reported that a school district police officer confronted the suspect that was making entry. Not accurate. He walked in unrestructed initially. So from the grandmother's house to the bar ditch to the school, into the school, he was not confronted by anybody to clear the record on that. Four minutes later, law enforcement are coming in to solve this problem. Step by. Step. So, just want to clear that up. That's very important. Yep. And again, this will happen as we move forward. So, thank you. I'll take a few questions. Yeah, so that was one of the, the, the things that was wrong. Uh, he wasn't confronted. He did go right in. He he drove his truck up. It wrecked outside the school. He uh, shot at some people at a 
adjacent funeral home or something like that and then uh, pretty much marched into the school and most all of the, the deaths his shots took place pretty quickly and then he he sort of went down into unless a little bit of a hunker down mode I guess um, not to say he wasn't still firing but not as frequently and um, and, and the, uh, the police waited on a tactical unit to come which is really what happened at Columbine they 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 knew there was something going on, but nobody was. So they waited on a tactical, and it took about an hour. So there's a lot of questions about, you know, we have to learn from this. Um, we've got to head this off on the front end. Yes, uh, with things like making spiritual um, uh, improvements in our country, which will lead to mental health improvements. Um, you know, we, we've got to, we got to do, but evil things are going to happen bad things are going to happen evil people are going to do bad things and so we, we do have to learn how to respond better when something like this does happen because it will the days we live are evil and so we uh we have to respond better and uh you know the door was open why you know people will be very critical i think of um of the door being left open but it happens you know i i can imagine that people leave doors open for various reasons they prop the door open maybe there's a, um, a kid that's going to need to get back in maybe they prop it open so um if you know if you're outside maybe on the playground and kids need to go to the restroom and they can't get in the door and the teacher can't leave them the playground to go you you put a brick or something in the door it, it, that stuff happens everywhere you know, there's, there is no way to foolproof. There's no way. Unless you literally turn them into a prison. And that's still not foolproof, but it's closer. Do we really want our schools to literally be prisons? Because that's what some are going to call for. Barbed wire, you know, uh, armed gunmen, uh, police at the door I mean we already have in many schools we already have metal detectors and you know we, we've had incidents here in Birmingham a few years ago we talked about it there was a shooting kid took a gun into the school one of our Birmingham city schools they had metal detectors at the door and we had a teacher call us she didn't identify herself so, but we had someone who claimed to be a teacher at the school and said yeah there's metal detectors but they were never plugged in so, so yeah, you can fault. You can always find fault. Uh, but there's no way to foolproof. You always are living with a risk. Always. Every time you send your kids away, there's a risk they don't come home. I, I, for various reasons. Anytime you leave, there's a risk. And, and that was one of the arguments made during COVID. You know, was it's there were times during the whole COVID crisis that People were acting like, as long as one person, you know, has COVID, you know, uh, and it's like, look, we, there's always a risk, and you have to assess the risk for yourself, and it's the same way here. There's always, uh, always going to be an opportunity for evil. Evil will always make an opportunity, and so, yeah, should we learn from it? Should we try to do better? I've already seen where uh, Alabama is doing some assessments and and what they call uh, adding safety whatever that means um you know we had that law back in 2018 in alabama i think it was 18 where um 
you could have teachers that carried nobody would know who they were but they were trained to to carry a firearm in the school and i think i don't think there's anything wrong with that um we'll see where this leads um a few years ago when when we had this uh big push on this back i guess it it was 17 or 18 i got furious about it (laughs) because uh all these uh all, all of our folks in montgomery who were should know better you know nothing wrong with what they were doing okay what they were trying to implement but they were bringing in all these different experts on how to solve a a school violence problem or how how to avoid school shootings in in our state and they brought in all these law enforcement and safety and security and and I'm, i'm not against any of that but this big coalition this big task force they put together they didn't put one spiritual leader not, I don't think there was a parent, anybody on there representing as a parent. And I got furious about it. All right, I got to go to break. We can continue it, but we're going to talk about evil uh, this hour and uh, leading into next hour. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, how do you feel sending your kids to school? We've seen this before, but this one really is uh, a high water mark of, of, of violence and, and something that can really uh really raise the uh um the inhibitions in in your life um to uh i guess not inhibition that's not the right word right the anxiousness in your life um about even leaving your house or sending your kids to school 205-941-1011 i'd love to hear from some of the moms out there uh, how is this striking you 205-941-1011 Fox Mortgage has been such a help for not only me, but my parents 15 years ago, and now recently my brother and his wife just closed on their first home too. So they've definitely made a huge impact on my whole family. My name is Erin, and um, my husband and I recently started the first time home buying experience, and we heard about Fox Mortgage through my parents. They actually bought a home and went through the process with Mr. Jim Corey and his family about 15 years ago. We were really impressed with Mr. Corey and his family and how personal they were and how they took our questions and really invested in my family with this first time home buying experience. Mr. Corey did a great job of calling me, asking me how I was doing, answering any questions that we had about the process, which I think is really important, especially when you're buying your first house. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. NMLS, Fox Mortgage, 184762, Jim Corey, 212055. Fox Mortgage President Jim Corey, he's the longest-running advertiser with Crawford Broadcasting. Been on the air since 1992, and so whether his clients are looking for their dream home or refinancing, Jim and his team will work to find you the right loan program at the lowest rate. Let them go to work for you. Call them today at 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, quick as a fox, at 205-661-6868. This is Michael Landon, Jr. You're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk.
Let's all remember this uh, shooter, uh, Ramos. He uh, he did post on uh, social media, on Facebook, um, before this all happened. Um, you know, th- these folks are online. I, I don't know if there's a, it's a privacy issue, there's no doubt. Um, um, you know, you'd like to think that maybe somebody could see that, intercept. But, you know, part of the problem now is especially when these are underage people, let's just say. Okay, and he's 18. But if if someone were to say a kid is, is troubled and, and they, it worries them, a teacher, uh, I'm, I'm worried they may do something violent, look at these posts they've made. Um, it, if they were to do that, you guys know the way it is with parents now and in and, and school and those of you in church. The parents would would not take it serious. They would defend the child to the hilt and probably wind up suing you for uh, for making such a accusation. They, they they would be a lawyer ready to file a lawsuit. So people in authority, uh, people that are that are supposed to be looking out for our kids and noticing what's going on in their life, um, are are very. Um, slow to say anything you know if you say that um, anything happened at school I don't care what the kid does you know there was a day we all know this there was a day when if the teacher or the principal said you did wrong you got in trouble at school and then they let your parents know and when you went home you got trouble again and vice versa many times if you did something away from school and got in trouble uh, when you got to school the next morning the principal knew about it and would have a talking with you as well. Yep. Now, if if you say if a child does something wrong at school, the parents come up and they defend the kid a hundred percent. Yeah. The the teacher is always wrong. Yeah. My child would never do anything. You like can that. have it on video and show it to the parents. They won't. And they matter. are still in denial. That's that's the truth. Yeah. Little Joey, I, I know he set fire to. Uh, to, to Timmy's, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Lego set, but uh, and we've got a video of it, but um, you know, yeah, you can show them lighting the match and and, and throwing it in, yeah. and and they still will defend the child and and, and sue you. <laughs> I had a dear dear friend of mine who taught music for get a lawyer over forty years that uh, was accused of something he didn't do and ended up losing his job, even though there yep. was a multitude of. Of mm-hmm. eyewitnesses that were able mm-hmm. to attest that he didn't do a thing, yeah. but the kid decided he didn't like him, and that was it. Years ago, there was a, uh, a a big fight broke out at a high school. I won't call the school, but if any of you know this story, then you'll know what school I'm talking about. A big fight broke out. It was sort of a um, it was in the lunchroom, and it was sort of a it was a racial fight. It was a tra- a, uh, a school that was sort of uh, really in, in transition from being a mostly, uh, you know, one 
race, and now many others were yeah. were, were moving into the I community. I witnessed that twice in, in, in my high school years, and unfortunately. it broke out a pretty bad fight. I mean, lots of people fight. I mean, it was, it was a brawl, a big brawl. And uh, one of the male teachers at the school went out to their vehicle and got a gun and fired it to, to stop the brawl, to get people's attention, to stop the fight. And and they wound up losing their job and their retirement and everything. Yep. They were the bad person. I mean, you know, teachers, um, authority, really, even police, people at church, you know, your, your pastors and people like that, although their authority is in a different way, um, are really, there's not a whole lot you can do, quite honestly. We're, the- we're, we're just in a breakdown of, of authority. We're in a breakdown of culture and society. And I've, I've been saying it for years. It's like it's collapsing on itself, and and it's, it just keeps falling. And people people don't know what's going on. They don't know how we got here. They can't see it. Um, their eyes are blinded. But I know many of you can see it, and, and you see the foundation and the root of it. But um, one of the ways that it's fleshing out is in uh, parents. Uh, you can't do anything to criticize their child or to try to correct them, or you're ruined. They'll cancel you. All right, let's get into this evil subject. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit onepointusa.com. That's the number one pointusa.com. One Point USA. Be secure. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets. And at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Let me take a moment to tell you about our friends at Today's Family Dentistry right there in downtown Coleman behind the courthouse on Highway 31. Uh, it's uh, it's summertime now, so uh, time to get the kids and yours and hey, make those appointments and get in and uh, do the routine cleanings and maybe, you know, if you need a filling or root canal, crowns, dentures, whatever it may be. Uh, also, the uh, teeth straightening aligners, they're still doing that as well. 256-739-3337 for the entire family, all right, children and adults. Uh, Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keith Tan, Dr. Stephanie Young, uh, they'll give you uh, those appointments for the summer. The whole family can uh, go there to today's family dentistry 
and uh, that's very convenient. So uh, let's plan to make that, uh, trying to make, make those appointments and uh, get, get on a schedule uh, for your teeth. If you go during the summer, good chance you can probably make an appointment during Christmas break with the kids, you know, that kind of thing, and that helps. 256-739-3337. We're talking about Texas, of course, uh, but before we get back into that, let me uh, also mention one hour from now, um, Jeremiah Johnston joins us. He's got an article today on Fox News concerning the uh, the shooting in uh, in Texas, Uvalde, Texas, and uh, he's a Texan and uh, an apologist, a Christian thinker, and uh, he has a great article there. And uh, Greg Laurie, another guest on our program over the years, uh, has there's also he's there as well. He did an interview with I think it was Shannon Bream. I saw the video of it. Uh, I'll be out tomorrow and Monday. It's a Memorial Day weekend. And so, you know, I'm a big shot host, so I'll take off Friday and Monday. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to be out tomorrow, and um, Jason will be here slaving away. That's right. We'll be discussing my Break. hobbies, which include things like finding roadkill and placing balloons next to them that say, get well soon. And oh, taking don't pictures believe that. Jason will be here working media. hard. He'll be here working hard. Um, you know, breaking uh, stones with his bare hands in the hot yes. sun, slaving away. All that rock. Here in the air conditioning. Uh, he'll be here working uh, tomorrow, bringing you a good show. And we're going to play. We're going to kind of go really best of, and we're going to focus it in on um, one of the more popular guests we've had on the program over the last uh, six months or so, yep. Victor Everett Ellison. He's been on the program, I think, three different times. Yep. Discussing different topics from his book, 25 Lies. And so Jason's going to run a, a best of, of VEE tomorrow. Yep. And uh, I saw he was uh, back on Fox the other night again. I think he of course. I think it was Laura Ingram. So, uh, guys, phenomenal, really great, godly man. He's a uh, bulldog. Exposing uh, the lies of the left. And uh, so, anyway, if, if you haven't heard him, I would definitely encourage you to tune in. Look. What you'll hear tomorrow without me here will be better than what you would have heard with me here. And then I think if there's time in there, we may also replay our interview with Ben Carson. This is true. Dr. Ben Carson. So and listen if, we for go that. That, if we go even further and we have like two or three minutes left, I might do some really weird impersonations there, for you. Do it. So there we go. That'd probably draw a big Maybe. audience. I'm not promising anything. So no Facebook Live tomorrow. No Facebook or, Live or tomorrow Monday. or Monday. So we'll give you a break. Monday will be a best of with George Barna. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting because you know a whole two hours. The great with, researcher with with the great researcher, Mr. George Barna. We're gonna replay uh, several of his most recent interviews with us with his current research from 2022. So uh, if you're a parent, a church leader, or just a any a Christian, uh, you definitely want to listen in. So best ofs are better than live shows. Because you're getting best of. Well, the, 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 and every the, day is not a best of. That particular show that day is going to be very helpful, very useful because George has always been a wellspring of information. He just sure. constantly, he, he never is, no. is is pouring out information to, to, the to, the, to the church world. He's the best. All right. So Friday and Monday, both best ofs. Jason will be hosting and best oving it tomorrow. And then Monday will just be uh, uh, already preloaded and it'll just run automatically because that is a holiday. Yep. Yes, yes. And even Jason gets off on Monday. That's right. <laughs> got, got, got to let me have a little bit of rest. Yeah. So I'm headed into the weekend here. So. In, in an hour. 
because because I've already done the last thirty minutes of the show. It's already pre-recorded. He, he said as he's holding back that big grin and it just knowing the weekend's about to. I hit. didn't mean to leave early today. It just worked out that way. Well, Jeremiah Johnston wasn't able to uh, be with us during the show, and so um, we did it. And what was it? Two o'clock. We, he was we going did. to the frog jumping comp- competition. Right? Yeah, yeah, they have those in Texas. All yeah. right. So um, we continue. Um, to talk about the shoot boy the some of the stories coming out of this now uh you, you had this 11 year old who basically what slumped her body over on some of her classmates i think and sort of um tried to protect them cover well no she was protecting her maybe some of that but i think she was using their blood to basically make it make the shooter think she was already dead oh god bless her you know and that happened at columbine as well um she covered herself in her classmates blood to survive and uh, you know so you've got these survivors who uh, you know you're talking 9, 10, 11 year old kids Um, I saw what uh, a survivor from Columbine went through uh, Craig Scott I'm friends with the family I saw you know what he went through it took him years and years and years and he was an upper high schooler yeah but kids are resilient um, yeah, but never, never let it be said. Mental illness, very much, is transferable to other people. It may not be the exact same form, but when you traumatize, especially a child like yeah. that, they they will well, never this ever girl get away from in that. In particular, watched her friends and teacher being killed. Now, one of the t- teachers who died. Have you seen this? One of the teachers who died. Her husband, today, I think. Yeah. Had a heart attack and died from grief. And yeah. has four. They have four children. Yeah. It's unreal. I'm telling you what. You don't know just how far a situation like that will extend. I just uh, always go back to steal, kill, and destroy. That yep. That is, <laughs> that's where it's at. And so uh, there is evil in the world. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we don't, we do not live in a world as it should be. And apparently the last 20 years of schools teaching bu- anti-bullying techniques or tactics and techniques didn't work either because the shooter claimed that he was bullied all that time. Yeah. Is that part of his, oh, his, yeah. of his background? Yeah, that was, that was his background. He claimed to be bullied for years. Yeah. Well, and apparently it goes on now, according to, you know, you, you have to define bullying. You know, what does that mean? Because some okay. people, well, somebody said something mean to me. And so, again, it all goes into definitions. I don't, I don't know. But but if you've ever just looked around and went, things aren't right. You're you're correct. Yeah, they aren't. We do not live in a world that we were originally designed to live in. No. Nope. Uh, sin has spoiled the image of God in mankind, and uh, we, we we are made in the image of God, and sin now prohibits us from from any longer being a true reflection of God in his perfection and his holiness. So we're not reflecting that. And because of that, things aren't the way that God intended for them to be. And so as the human race, we are we're messed up. And and really that's what the Bible is. It's a uh, it's a narrative of messed up people in a messed up world but with a holy righteous and loving God 
putting things back together. And and in the end, it will all be put back together and, and God will be victorious over the fallout and the consequences of man's sin. So what we're dealing with here really is uh, evil. We think of evil in many ways. We think of uh, terrorism. You, you know, you, you think of uh, uh, racism. You think of abortion. You think of world hunger. You think of uh, tsunamis and hurricanes and tornadoes. All of these things come to us in the form of evil. Um, in in the in in the world, you know, when you study these things, people break them down. Okay, so I'm going to take some some theology, some systematic theology, just ways to systematically think about the issues of God and man, and and try to put some perspective on it just a little bit here for a couple of minutes. There, um, theologians organize it in different ways, but one way it's organized. I'm not saying anything original here, okay? I'm telling you what I've read, what I've learned, what I've studied. Yeah. Um, one way to put this is that there's three types of evil that exist in the world, and we see them every single day. Uh, one of them is, is, is a natural evil. And that involves, like I said, hurricanes, tsunamis, flood, earthquake, those kind of things. Um, that, that's one. Another type of evil that exists in the world today is, the, is this moral evil. And, and that is evil that's committed by willing people. people. People that willingly carry out things like mass murders, all, all types of crime, okay, systematic crime. Um, discrimination, racism. You can get into all of these kind of things. Injustice, poverty, suicide, suicide bombings, things like that. Also, hunger and homelessness. Th those, those are situations where man, either individually or collectively, uh, commits these evils. So what is evil? We're throwing this term around. What, what is evil? Evil is, is, I think it's most simply said this way. It's the absence of good. Or, or you could say it this way, maybe, the rejection of good. When I, when I do something that is not good, it is evil. And, and, and so there has to be a standard of, of good, and I'm using that word loosely. There has to be a, a, a standard of morality. And without God and without a standard of his word, there is no standard of reality, uh, standard of good. There is no standard of morality. When you reject God, you have rejected morality. When you reject God, as we have done, as, and we can, we're going more and more that direction, when we reject even the existence of God, then you are moving society into a into an evil manner. And so when we do something that's not good, not moral, according to the standards of God, then it, it's evil 
Uh, evil is, is not a, it's not a being. Someone is, they're not really evil. They do evil. It's not, it's a, it's an activity of someone. And now someone can be demonic and, and that would manifest in them doing evil things. It, you might think at first it, it could seem to people that since God is creator, that, that God, he created all things, then people say, well, God must have created evil. But the truth is, as I said, evil, it, it's not a thing. It's not, it's not like a, a rock or, um, or, or, or water uh, or dirt. It's not a thing. It's, it's, it's not even like electricity. You can't have a jar of evil. You can't have a box of evil. Evil has no existence on its own. It's, it's the absence of good. You know, think of it as a hole. H-O-L-E. A hole. Holes don't exist on their own. They're real, but they only exist in something else. And we call, we call the absence of, of dirt a hole but it can't be separated from the dirt. So when, when God created, it's true that everything he created was good. Genesis tells us that it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then he created man and said it was very good. And so one of the good things that God made were creatures who had the freedom to choose good. And in order to have a real choice, God had to allow there to be something besides good to choose. There, it, if there's, not enough, if there's not a choice, then there really is no good. There's just only what there is. And so God allowed created beings, humans and, and free angels, they could choose good or they could reject good, which would be evil. God didn't create evil, but for there to be good, he had to allow evil. And if God had not allowed the possibility of evil, then both mankind, angels, would be serving God out of obligation, not choice. And so you, you, everybody knows the, the example of robots. And I don't know what example people used before there were actually robots. You know, there haven't always been robots. I mean, 500 years ago, what did people, what illustration did they use for this? I don't know. Wooden robots? But he didn't want robots that just simply did exactly what he told them to do um, because of the way they were programmed. God allowed for the possibility of, of, of good to be rejected, the possibility of evil, so that we could genuinely have a free will and choose whether or not we wanted to serve him. So just trying to understand evil. And so what we see in, in these kind of school shootings, this moral, these moral evils, we see a rejection of good. And God is good. We see a rejection. All good comes from him. I've got to take a break. Uh, your thoughts, 205-941-1011. 
Box Mortgage, NMLS 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS 212055. Six years ago was my opportunity to get the first loan through Fox Mortgage and Jim. He was able to get me a pretty decent rate at the time. And six years later, I'm looking at a refi. Gary talks about his mortgage experience working with Fox Mortgage President Jim Corey. I was actually with a military-friendly banking institution and was going with them initially. And then I had an issue with trying to track down a VA certificate of eligibility. And I called Jim's office. When I asked him the question, he says, well, any reason you're not going with me again? So I said, well, I, I thought I got the best rate. And he says, well, let me let me check. So he, he checked, and he actually beat the rate that I was currently thinking that it couldn't be beat. So he's a repeat performer. Uh, he's phenomenal in everything he does. He keeps the ball rolling. I can't say enough about how pleasant the experience was. He made everything easy. We went through and closed in less than 30 days. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage and President Jim Corey, they create lasting relationships with their clients. Young adults call on Jim for their mortgage needs because their parents enjoyed an excellent mortgage experience maybe years ago. Put Fox Mortgage to work for you. Call Jim and his team at 205-661-6868. They're quick as a fox. Call them at 205-661-6868. Hey, everybody. This is Kurt Cameron, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. So let's say that um, God is not the author of evil nor suffering. You'll hear many people ask the question, why, why didn't God create a world where there was no evil and suffering? You'll, you'll hear that because people will want to blame God. They will because people want to blame somebody. And so you've got you know people that will blame uh, Republicans, <laughs> uh, people will b- blame the, the police, they'll blame the teachers, they'll blame the, the creator of video games, and, and, and I'm not saying some of that's not valid, because we have created a, a violent culture, okay, as far as video games, movies, things like that, online stuff, it, it's very violent. We're desensitized to all of those top things. But God, why didn't God create a world where there was no evil and suffering in the first place? Why? Well, the answer is he did. He did create a world with no evil and suffering in the first place. So that's the answer to that question. He said, it is good, 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 it is very good. Go back to Genesis 1 and just read it. That's the world that he created. There was nothing in the angelic nor the physical world that wasn't good. There was no evil at that time. There was no evil. There was no pain. There was no suffering. There was no death. That all comes from evil. None of that that existed. But then Genesis chapter 3 shows up and 
we get and we see the fall. And that's when we begin to see evil enter into the world. Now, you can go back to Genesis 2 to sort of lay the foundation for this. Out of the ground, the Lord God calls to grow everything that is pleasing to sight, good for food, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, there it is. There, there was a knowledge of good and evil. And in Genesis, that's in 2 and 3, we see that Satan, in the form of a serpent, tempted, of course, Eve to sin. So sometime between the events of chapter 1 and chapter 3, there was some rebellion in the angelic world. Genesis 1, it's all good. Genesis chapter 3, there's a tempter, a fallen angel that rejected good. This rebellion was led by this one we call Satan. And so if God's not the author of evil and suffering, if what he created is good, then where did it come from in the first place? What happened? Well, that's what we're talking about. You go to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. He said, said, pray this. He said, pray that we not be led into temptation but we ask God to deliver us from evil or even more specifically, deliver us from the evil one. And so we, we find this evil one, this one um, Lucifer, Satan. He, he goes, he has different names. It's all the same being. Uh, you can go back to Ezekiel chapter 28 and you learn about this one. That was a model of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Ezekiel says, you were in the garden, the garden of God. You were anointed as a garden cherubim, an angel. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. So even the the angels or some of the angels had, had this choice. And some of them chose, led by this one, chose to rebel. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence, and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, expelled you, O garden cherubim, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to earth, and I made a spectacle of you before kings. So these cherubim that he's talking about, they're powerful, majestic, angelic creatures who surround God's throne. Lucifer had once been a guardian cherubim. And it's sort of ironic that even after Adam and Eve succumbed to the devil's temptation, that they disobeyed God and were expelled from Eden, God sent a cherubim to guard Eden. So Lucifer had been a model of perfection. And, and so we have to say what led to his fall? It, well, it tells us that he became proud because of his incredible beauty. And he allowed his perfection to corrupt him. Isaiah talks about this. Uh, gives, there's a passage in Isaiah chapter 14 where he uh, 
quotes him and says, For you've said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You shall be brought down to Sheol, to the depths of the pit. I, 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 I. That was Satan. It was pride. That was the corruption. Okay, that's the hour. We'll come back. We'll take some phone calls, talk with you. And Jeremiah Johnston joins us. He's got an article on Fox News today. Real hope, real hope. And we'll have him with you at 530. Stay with us. Welcome back in for hour number two. It is Priority Talk Live here on your Thursday. Welcome into the program. We are live at 101.1 FM, also PriorityTalkRadio.com, WXJCRadio.com, and our uh, live Facebook as well at Facebook.com slash PriorityTalk. Facebook, search Priority Talk, you'll find us. Of course, you can go back and listen and watch. Uh, we've got uh, the podcast on all your platforms and our Rumble page as well. You can find the links for all of those at PriorityTalkRadio.com or just search Priority Talk on your favorite platform. Uh, also, there's the uh, podcast Conversations with Greg Davis. If you just like to sort of hear some of the interviews that we have, the guests we have, that's a great place to do that. All of that at PriorityTalkRadio.com. You hear our advertisers, you hear our sponsors, and we thank God for them. We wouldn't be here without them. And uh, all of their information is also listed there at our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And we uh, ask you to please, please uh, do business with these good people uh, when you have opportunity. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Okay, we've been uh, talking about this uh, Texas massacre, um, uh, clearing up some of the record. You know, I don't like reporting on things real quickly after they happen. We can talk about it happened. But I don't like getting into a lot of the details very quickly because things are wrong. And we found that out today. Yeah, you can go back and clean up some of that on your own and uh, find out what the police are now telling us actually uh, happened, things that were misreported things that didn't happen that were said to have happened um, like did I did a policeman encounter the gunman before he entered the school it was reported that that did happen now the police say today no that did not happen uh, there was a door uh, left unlocked and so uh, we've been just uh, we, we talked about that and we talked about how when you see people that have issues or you suspect may have issues uh, especially young people, it's very difficult on teachers or police or, 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 or pastors, anyone in any type of authority, a coach. It's difficult for them to report such a thing or to bring it up to parents because parents, absolutely, most parents are clueless that their little kid could do anything wrong or potentially do anything wrong. And so it, it's, it's difficult. There, there, there becomes liability in that. And so it's a, it's a tough call. So we, we then began to take a broader view of this and talk about evil in our world, natural evil, moral evil, and this is, this is moral evil is what we're seeing. And we're talking about uh, did God, why didn't God just create a, a perfect world without evil and without suffering? And the answer to that is he did. And it's, it's found in Genesis 1 and 2. But, of course, come Genesis chapter 3, uh, sin enters into the world, into the human race, and into our planet. And ever since that time, it's been wreaking havoc on the human race and our planet. And uh, this, this sin and this sin nature is passed to every man and woman who's been born. 
You don't have to teach a kid to be bad. You have to teach a kid to be good. You don't teach a kid to lie. You teach them to be honest. We have that sinful nature in us that causes us to do evil and thus experience suffering in our world. And so it's corrupted the heart of the human race and our physical world in which we live as well. Genesis 3 tells us that, that nature was corrupted. Thorns and thistles entered the world. And so uh, people get caught up in evil. Uh, Some make themselves more susceptible because of their environment um, and temptation. It's it's why it's so important that you teach your kids about temptation. You teach them about the work of, of Satan. You teach them about good. You teach them about wrong, right and wrong. Because it matters. And you have to take it on personally, but all of us personally add up to a society. And so we have to learn how to live in this world. And the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians uh, to abstain from every form of evil. Now, Now, how far do you take that? It's hard to live in this world. We live in an evil, evil world. But you have to learn to live in a, wor- in a world that's evil and, uh, and, and not be o- corrupted in evil to a point where you lose control of yourself. And that's what happened to this young man. He was demonically lost control of himself. And so these are the answers the world needs to hear. They don't, but they won't hear it. They don't want to hear it. Okay, Jeremiah Johnston's going to join me at the bottom of the hour. We recorded an interview earlier today. Very hopeful, very good. He had an article today at Fox News. We'll post it for you uh, about this. He's an apologist and a Christian thinker. He's been on the program before, and uh, you'll hear that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, haven't done that yet today. Let's go to the phones. And uh, here's, our, here's our friend Stacy uh, Lee George with us. Is that right? Hey, Stacy. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Doing good, man. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Man, good to hear from you, man. Great topic. And see, you're right on point on this thing. And I, I, I was like, free will. And yeah. I have an example. Last night I went back to prison. And I'm doing what I really want to do, right? It's salvation, healing, and deliverance. And I saw it all last night. And, I, and I'm going to show you a reflection. If you got just a minute, I'll try to do it quickly. But basically a testimonial thing that what happened on what exactly needs to happen to that person that actually committed that what we've got to do is we got to instill the holy spirit because that free will is there when you said free meal i'm just going to tell you so last night i go in and i pray the blood of jesus over everybody in my dormitory i'm in a dormitory 200 inmates we're in the worst worst i work in the largest prison in alabama normally we have a stabbing somewhere but there's never a stabbing and i pray that in the name of jesus say it that i pray the blood of jesus over my dorm and nobody's ever been stabbed i've been there 13 years in the dorm i'm in now, we've got stabbings going on, terrible, but I've got this young black male. He's probably 28, been in prison 12 years, probably got in there at 18, might have been 16. He's trying to run out the door, doing conspicuous things, always doing something up to no good, kind of just doing little things. Got eight years left in prison. So he's been trying to get out this door and doing different things, going to the wrong side and all that. Anyway, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I pray for every inmate in there, and I just sit there. My scripture of the night last night was basically, we are known by our fruit. And I always use the scripture, so I just sit there. Well, this kid comes up there at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I've, I've worked on page 108 on my book. It's, it's the Salvation, Healing, Deliverance card. All right, so he, he's done that before when he was in SEG, and, and I've worked with him before. But I said, something told me, the Holy Spirit said, ask him if he's been saved. 
And I said, have you been saved? He said, no, sir, I haven't been saved. I said, we've been doing salvation, healing, deliverance on you, and you've never been saved. We've done that. I prayed the Holy Spirit upon him. All right, this is at 2, 3 in the morning. God's working on him. He comes out. He feels like a totally different person. And when and the morning comes, he comes up and says, Officer George, I'm really hungry. Can I get out a little bit early and go eat hmm. with the diabetics? And I said, normally you would run out the door. But he looked back at me, and he had an opportunity to go out that door. But guess what, Greg? What's that? That Holy Spirit hmm. was in him now. He received that. And instead of the Holy Spirit trying to convict him, you know, when we know we do something wrong, he was convicted. And he looked at authority, and he said, can I go? And I thought, wow, if everybody had the Holy Spirit imparted on Greg, this whole world would be better because that's the only thing that controls us is the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. Yeah, when you receive uh, salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, it changes you from the inside out, and uh, yeah, and ma'am, I'm glad you're there. We need we I wish we need more people like you um, that understand spiritual matters uh, in our prisons and in all places. Quite honestly, Stacy, man, I appreciate it, brother. I know I know Thank you could tell stories all day long. I got to move though. Yes, Thank right. you, man. Appreciate your yes, phone sir. call. Good good to hear from yes, you. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. All right, very good. All right, let's get to Henry. He's in Winston County. What's up, Henry? Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Man, you're you're so hot today. I'm telling you, I love it. You're doing so great. This is so good. This conversation that you were you're bringing to to your audience, I love it. And it, immediately, I thought of the locust army hmm. and how the locust. Uh, there's four stages of the locust. Remember, I was telling you about the scorpion and how God uses nature to explain things to uh, us. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They, the, the 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 scorpion, of course. He turns his victim into his stomach, and he melts away that backbone, and you don't have no backbone anymore. You can't fight. Anyway, um, the locust, there's four stages of the locust army. The last stage, we're seeing a little bit of it today, where they're coming out from above the, to the, above the ground, and they're bold, and they're speaking out today in what they believe. Anyway, the other three stages, the palmer worm, the the canker worm and there's each eat each other each one as they 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 uh go into the four stages of their lives anyway they work underground they are eating the roots of the grass what does the shepherd feed the pasture is fed by that grass the, he eat the 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 locusts are eating the oil the elaya the, which is a uh, name for our father, yeah. and they're eating away at all these products that bring us God's word. And you'll find, just like when they took God out of the schools, they took uh, uh, the separation of church and state. These were no accidents. These were the the locusts working below ground in the the four the four hidden dynasties: the financial, the political, the educational, and the uh, last and least and most important, the religious. And they're working, and they're destroying God's Word. So when you have a school that doesn't even post the Ten Commandments, and what are the Ten Commandments? It's God's law, yeah, yeah. but it's also the Word, the Logos. You're literally taking Christ away from those children. You're removing Christ. Yeah, now I'm talking. Well, it represents uh, it represents like the Ten Commandments represents 
uh, a standard of morality. And, yes, and, and when you don't represent a standard of morality, there is no morality. And, 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 then, more, and then everybody makes up their own rules. But more than that, Gray, it's literally Christ. Christ is the Word. Christ sure, is sure. the Logos. Sure. So when you take the Word out, you're taking Christ out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the, 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 Christ no longer walks the halls of our schools. Christ no longer looks over our schools and then set, brings the Holy Spirit, just like Stacy was saying. And the Holy Spirit no longer is among those. Now, that's on, a, that's on a large basis or a national basis. You still have the individual. There's a difference between individual blessings and national blessings. The national blessings we're losing. Listen, uh, and I, I made a mistake last time I called when I said it was 10 months for abortion, that uh, when Ari Flasher was on the campus, he said he was asking the question. It was, "Do you support abortion up to ten months?" Now, I, he asked that question for a reason because the nine months is uh, regular gestation. A tenth month would mean a live birth or partial birth abortion. Yeah. So he asked that, but I was wrong. I it, I called the uh, producer. And I asked him what Ari Fletcher's question was, and he corrected me. So I have to fix that because I last thing I want is any blood on my hands. Sure. Well, sometimes people will say ten months because you're talking, you know, forty weeks, and and they'll say ten, you know, they'll they'll describe it as ten months because okay. because of forty okay. weeks. I have heard that before. I don't know if that's right I or wrong. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, hey Henry, all yeah. the word, all the talk. I got to run, but all the talking about worms. Uh, look up. The, you probably know. Look up the crimson worm. Check that one oh, out yeah. from Psalm 22. Oh, I do know. Yes, yes, sir. And don't forget the crimson hand. Yes. Those, those, those are the holy. The, Egypt was separated into two, the north and the south. The crimson hand, which was yeah. the, the strict. I'm sorry to keep going. I, I, need, I need to shut up. Greg, you have a wonderful evening. <laughs> And, uh, those th- th- those are that's something good for people to look at. Thank you, thank you, Henry. Good to hear from you. Over the weekend, the crimson worm, Psalm twenty-two. We've shared that here on the program before. Um, all right, uh, Tony is in Gadsden. Uh, he's next up. Tony, hope you can hold on for us. Two zero five nine four one one zero one one. We'll take your phone calls. The next segment after that, uh, you're going to hear my interview from just a couple of hours ago with Jeremiah Johnston about uh, apologetics, Christian thinking, cultural engagement. And also the Texas uh, shooting. He is uh, in Texas, and uh, we'll get his perspective. He wrote a great article on the Fox News website today. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184-762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. Six years ago was my opportunity to get the first loan through Fox Mortgage and Jim. He was able to get me a pretty decent rate at the time. And six years later, I'm looking at a refi. Gary talks about his mortgage experience working with Fox Mortgage president, Jim Corey. I was actually with a military-friendly banking institution and was going with them initially. And then I had an issue with trying to track down a VA certificate of eligibility. And I called Jim's office. When I asked him the question, he says, well, any reason you're not going with me again? So I said, well, I, I thought I got the best rate. And he says, well, let me let me check. So he, he checked, and he actually beat the rate that I was currently thinking that it couldn't be beat. So he's a repeat performer. Uh, he's phenomenal in everything he does. He keeps the ball rolling. I can't say enough about how pleasant the experience was. He made everything easy. We went through and closed in less than 30 days. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661 661- 661 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661- 661-
1-800-926-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage and President Jim Corey, they create lasting relationships with their clients. Young adults call on Jim for their mortgage needs because their parents enjoyed an excellent mortgage experience maybe years ago. Put Fox Mortgage to work for you. Call Jim and his team at 205-661-6868. They're quick as a fox. Call them at 205-661-6868. Hello, I'm Norm Geisler. You're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk Live. And we return, and, um, you know, people will say the way to overcome evil is to do good, and and I agree with that, but remember that we can do no good in our own. Uh, All of our goodness, all of our righteous deeds are are like filthy rags, Isaiah tells us. Um, We can only do good, uh, as Henry was saying, we can only do good uh, through him. Uh, through and with the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our life, God can do something good through us. Uh, our goodness to to try to make up for our our uh, our badness is no good. And we've all sinned. There's none that does good. No, not even one. We've all fallen short. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. We all stand guilty before God. But as I said, the Bible is a story of uh, broken people being put back together by a holy God. And uh, that's what we need more of in this country. But uh, people don't want to hear that. They do not want to hear that. They would, thank goodness I'm on Crawford Broadcasting or uh, even even many of your conservative radio programs would laugh me off the air. It's the truth. All right, let's go to Gadsden. Tony's with us. What's up, Tony? Well, I don't know after all that, but the thing that comes to my mind as I've been on hold is First uh, Corinthians one twenty seven. God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. But uh, on to our subject we've been talking about. Before this came up last week, I had somebody from my church. They had uh, one of their grandkids had lost an older brother. You know, the grandkids were maybe eight and seven, but they had an older brother, mm-hmm. and he died. And her quote was, how do I tell these children? Well, how you tell them is you go to Genesis 1 and you explain to them how everything was made perfect, and then it has been brought down from that fact, and that's why people die. Yep. That's why people die. You know, that's why the guy died with the heart attack. You know, that's the way. That's why they were shot yesterday. I don't know. It's just real, well, real it's, confusing. It's, it's it's you have to teach a biblical worldview and. Yeah, and you can teach it to six and seven year olds. You should teach it to sixty seven year olds. Yep, you have. That's when you should be teaching it. Absolutely. And it goes right back to the beginning, and it's real simple. And you know, I think people are wanting to. Well, they they don't want to be in touch with the gospel because it seems too simple. Well, man, I was made that way. Doctor McGee always said, "Hey, when I'm teaching and preaching, I got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for the kitties." That's right. To get. And uh, that's just bothered me. But we've also had some school problems, which uh, I taught 20 years. And one of the biggest problems I had was other teachers' kids. When I wanted to discipline them for not acting right, they felt like they were above the law themselves. That's it. Yeah. And, that, uh, that's that's stand, what I was saying. You know, if you stand your ground, and I always wanted my kids, hey, you discipline him. I don't care if I work here or not. Yeah. And there's some that way, but but most are not. 
Well, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. No doubt about that. Well, but, you know, uh, you, you, we you have lived a, it. We, we have a situation in Atala right now where a child brought a gun to school yeah. in fifth grade, and it's kind of been swept under the rug, and now the parents are finding out about it. And I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know enough about it. But there's something going on, or there wouldn't be people talking about it. So I hope Michael, I think that's his name, my brother Natalia that called. Maybe he knows more, but uh, well, we don't need to sweep things under the rug before the school because parents don't trust us to begin with. Yeah. I love y'all. Y'all right, have Tony. a good vacay, and I'll see Thank you, you when you come back. All righty, man. Have a great, have a great uh, Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right, to Trustful, this will be, uh, I guess this will be our last phone call. And it's uh, Jackie is in here with us. Hey, Jackie. Hey guys, mm-hmm. um, just as um, the last caller said, the gospel is simple. I'm an educator, mm-hmm. and the problem is simple. We haven't. It's not a gun problem. It's an evil problem. Yep. We can't stop. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. I'm, I go to school every day knowing that I'm going to stand between someone who comes in to hurt my kids and my kids. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a gun owner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can load my gun. I can lay it. I could lay it on my desk in my classroom. And that gun is not going to hurt anybody. That gun, those guns did not kill those babies and those educators, those teachers. Yep. That young man did. Uh, tr- Jackie, my, uh, my wife is an educator as well, and uh, I know exactly, exactly where you're coming from. And uh, I, I guess you heard me for at least uh, the last hour I was uh, t- talking about evil. And uh, that's exactly what what we said was it's an evil problem. Absolutely, it's and we it need is. and we got to have a biblical worldview. We have to have a biblical worldview. We have taken the Bible out of our schools. We've taken the Bible out of our sporting events. We've taken we've we've Jackie, Jackie I don't want to cut you off, but I, I'm going to hit the bottom of the hour here. So you're fine. Listen. Uh, I hope you'll work with First Priority or Priority Kids in your school. Find that if you don't already have it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. We need teachers like you because there are things teachers can do and get involved in. Be a sponsor. You don't lead it. You don't make it happen. But you can't do it without having a teacher there to help facilitate. Uh, Jeremiah Johnston, when we come back, a really great conversation. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to mean something to you. It's hopeful. Stay tuned. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, 
You need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Priority Talk, we are back, and we're thankful that you are with us today. PriorityTalkRadio.com, our daily radio broadcast, 4 until 6 p.m., and uh, we thank you for listening. Also catch uh, our podcast, Priority Talk Radio, and Conversations with Greg Davis. So ever how you may be hearing this live or on one of the two uh, Conversations uh, podcast or by our Rumble channel as well, Priority Talk, we are very grateful and uh, we are uh, excited to visit with uh, Jeremiah Johnston. We've been uh, trying to reconnect here for a few weeks, and today was a, 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 the right day to do it, and we'll get into that. Jeremiah's been on the show with us a few times over the years, including fairly recently when we talked about his book, Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God's Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness, and that book is uh, readily available, and that's Unleashing Peace by Jeremiah J. Johnston. And uh, Jeremiah, it's good to have you with us, my brother. Greg, it's so good to be with you, man. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, and it's it's a tough week with what's going on in Texas, and of course that's your home state. We're going to uh, talk about that as we move forward, get your thoughts on it. We've been, uh, of course, talking about it today. Um, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, your new role uh, there with uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church and with the uh, Prestonwood right. Academy System of Schools as um, now the uh, uh, pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement. I, uh, I, I, I don't know of uh, if I had ever heard that that pastor pastoral title before as associate pastor, uh, but I like it and I think it's what we need more yeah. of. Tell us about what you're going to be doing. Thanks so much for asking. I'm very excited about this. You know, we have an issue facing the church today, and that for really the first time in Christian history, we have believers who want to follow Jesus but not have a biblical worldview. And this is one of the reasons we have so many challenges in our church right now with biblical illiteracy. It's the reason that, you know, unfortunately many are deconstructing. We need a saltier message, and we need to do a better job about making sure people understand the church is relevant to answer today's questions, not just yesterday's questions. And so taking what the Lord has allowed me to learn in my work with Christian Thinker Society, God has called me to Prestonwood Baptist Church. Dr. Graham has a vision that uh, every church should have a pastor of apologetics on the team, where when terrible things happen, like Uvalde, Texas, or when great things are happening, things that we can encourage the body of Christ with, we have a we have an apologist on the team um, who speaks to those issues and really tries to replicate himself to the people in the church so they know how to speak to those issues. And then on that front, also the dual role with Prestonwood uh, Christian Academy System of Schools, fastest-growing Christian school in the nation, um, where my my exciting uh, position is going to be to create a truth pipeline. So if there's schools in Alabama, Christian schools that want to have curriculum, plug-and-play, where it's fresh, it's new content, 
uh, based on the best evidences available, but also the best ways to actually help our kids understand those evidences and how they affect and practically impact their life. I'm going to be doing that with Prestonwood Christian Academy as the Dean of Spiritual Development. So we're taking biblical worldview seriously. And I guess, Greg, what really captivated me with Dr. Graham's vision was, you know, he said we have a, you know, they just won the state championship in baseball. He said we have a football coach who can give you the architecture of what practice he's going to do a year and a half from now. Mm -hmm. He said we need to develop the same kind of architecture for biblical worldview in our church and in our school. So I'm I'm fully on board with that. I'm going to continue my work with Christian Thinker Society, emanating, though, out of Prestonwood, and really, really thrilled to have that happen through and in the local church. Well, fantastic. And so so you're able to still... um you know, go and travel and uh, and train in different places around the country as well. That's exactly right. But a big part of what I do is content because, you know, I'm not one of these six suits and six sermons guys. I'm constantly trying to develop content that believers can use in their real personal lives and in their communities. And so there's going to be traveling and events that continue. But what I really like is this is going to plus our ministry in that we have so many great other wonderful Christian thinkers, both at the school and the church, and we're going to create dynamic content going forward. That's the biggest kind of frustration I have in my own life, Greg, is I just wish I could <laughs> I wish I could duplicate myself somehow just so I could never stop writing because, you know, we need more content right now. Yeah, uh, and of course you're doing this in conjunction with Preston Wood, a, a, a large church with resources to bring someone on, uh, you know, like yourself, and, uh, and, and, and help you do that. Um, what would you say to the to the medium or smaller size church out there who who uh it, it's it's a struggle to uh to, to stay up to date with uh, apologetics and, and engaging the culture and um uh, you know that can be frustrating because you can just kind of get called in in this routine of uh, doing the same old same old knowing you need to break out of it uh and and you know and a new staff person you know someone like that can can help sort of change the dynamics but maybe a lot of churches aren't able to have a pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement. What, what would you suggest to them? A couple of things. Great comment, great question. The churches that are smaller in size, which, by the way, I've, I've preached in many small churches that still have financial resources, and the, the small and medium-sized churches might be surprised hmm. that there are quite a few qualified apologists out there who would be very happy to have a one-fourth or even one-half role in the church, but continuing to do whatever their apologetics ministry is, be it online or like media. You're an apologist, Greg, with all you do with media and how you educate us and so many people across the state of Alabama. And so what's really fun is I'm being contacted by apologists all over America who are like, hey, what's your job description there? Can I duplicate that? And I'm I'm not necessarily saying that they want to be a full-time type staff member, but they would love to have one foot in the church and then one foot essentially in the real world as well. And, you know, we need to get these apologists out of the seminaries and out of the colleges, too, because they're kind of forming an echo chamber. And, uh, you know, I was in the Division One, you know, world and in the Ivy League world of Canada as a professor and a D1 level here in America. And, you know, that was great, and I love impacting students, but I really think the hope of the world is through the local church. And so I do think that you shouldn't be afraid. Contact that Radio Christie director. Contact, um, you know, get it out there. And also, okay, for the senior pastor himself, you know, there, there are so many great tools and resources available right now to you. Um, and you should avail yourself of those. You should plan apologetics-oriented series. Now, I don't use the word apologist. I use the word Christian thinker just because a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah. 
know, when we realized, Greg, that Jesus asked more questions than he answered, that was a great model for us to teach towards the questions our culture is asking. And so integrating that, I want to recover. I don't care what size the congregation is. It doesn't change the role of the senior pastor. The role of the senior pastor is to be that public theologian who speaks to the community about truth. Yeah. We need to recover that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, I met earlier this week with a Radio Christie uh, speaker, uh, young guy, and uh, he is fired up about apologetics, has a lot to offer, uh, looking for the right outlets to do it right here uh, in North Alabama. Uh, and so uh, much like it. yourself, yeah, just uh, out of seminary and uh, is, is anxious. So I think a lot of people are looking at what you're doing. And, and as, as, as a model, they're going to be seeing how it develops uh, and, and, and how it moves forward. But um, there's so much free material out there as well. I mean, um, you know, there's so much content right. out there. I, you know, it, you were referencing, um, you know, uh, church or Christians without a biblical worldview. And, of course, you know, George Barna, all of his research on all of that is just absolutely free. He's a regular guest on the show. All you've got to do is go to his website, and it's all there free from, from uh, George Barna at the Cultural Research Center. And uh, I guess will you be um, you have a website a, a different website now that you're that you're putting material out? We will. We'll we'll of course continue to have Christian Thinker Society going, and I have so much stuff in the pipeline there. I literally need to just turn the, my world off to finish that. But in addition to that, we are developing a cultural resource center. So I'm pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement, so we're going to have a cultural engagement center that emanates out of both the church and the school. That's already happening. I mean, we've had three different articles come out this week, and where I think that we are the perfect pair with, like, what Barna is doing. Barna is doing a great job showing us the stark realities that face us, and no one can do it better than him. But what my job, I see my role as providing immediate solutions, practical solutions. Okay, we have a mental health crisis. There's 20 steps that you can do to put a peace plan together for your community. Okay, you know, we've had a tragedy unfold. What are three ways we can pray? And I'm, I mean, what I'm hearing already, it's interesting because I haven't actually, I don't officially start in this role until next week at Prestonwood, but huh. it's like I'm already there because pastors are contacting me saying, you know, I'm taking this directly to my pulpit on Sunday, this content that you've provided. I've had three articles come out this week, not just the Fox one, but one about the 988 number. And then one I wanted people to be educated also about facts that face us, you know, Americans as it relates to mental health. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about how truly needy we are. So I'm all about providing the solutions, and so that's what I hope that we can do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And we're going to talk more about your article at Fox News uh, in just a moment. We've been talking, and it relates to the the shooting there in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, How far are you from Uvalde? I know Texas is a big state. Is that relatively close to you? Yeah, it is. You know, Texas um, is a big state. That's why God has a second home here. (laughs) Um, But Uvalde is about 80 miles west of San Antonio, and I'm about three to four hours from San Antonio, depending on traffic. So it's still a good little jump from us here in Houston. I'm talking to you from Houston, by the way, not Dallas just yet. It's about 380 miles from Dallas. Okay. Had you heard of Uvalde before this? No, no, never okay. heard of Uvalde before yeah. this. I had not either, and I've traveled, you know, been through Texas quite a bit and done ministry and but been been on a bus where we traveled all over the state, and I had never right. heard of it either. And it just goes to show how something like this can happen anywhere. Uh, it wasn't a exactly. major metropolitan city. Yeah. It wasn't Chicago or, or Dallas or Birmingham uh, or, or Huntsville. Uh, this can happen anywhere in a nondescript place where people live their life and uh, feel like everything's uh, you know totally safe and everybody knows everybody and and the truth is you you really don't know everybody. 
Uh, we're visiting right. with Jeremiah Johnston. Uh, he, of course, we've been talking about it. The will be the associate pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement at Prestonwood Baptist Church. He's president of Christian Thinker Society. And uh, we're uh, talking about this new role that he is sort of pioneering. And I've been excited about it uh, now since I saw the news. It was national news when you took this role, quite honestly. And um, we rejoice with you in that. And uh, his uh, latest book is Unleashing Peace. We interviewed him on it uh, not too long ago. And uh, you can find that at our podcast, Experiencing God's Shalom, Unleashing Peace. Jeremiah J. Johnston. When we come back, we're going to visit more about Uvalde and uh, Jeremiah's article today. Uh, on Fox News, and uh, you, we'll, we'll tell you what he wrote to the world uh, about the events in Uvalde. Stay with us. It's Priority Talk Live. Greg Davis here with you. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit onepointusa.com. That's the number one pointusa.com. One Point USA. Be secure. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets. And at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. Priority Talk podcast has expanded so rapidly, we're bursting at the seams. So, what do we do? Well, we're going to have to make a little expansion through your favorite downloadable app. That's right. Right now, you can find Priority Talk podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, all of which can be downloaded to your favorite mobile device, including Android and iPhone. It's good news and Christian values right here on Priority Talk, your favorite podcast. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hey, how y'all doing? This is John Crowell of Big Oak Ranch, and I just want to encourage you to tune in with Greg Davis on Priority Talk. 
Thank you for being with us this afternoon. It is Priority Talk Live, and uh, you hear us at WXJCRadio.com. Find everything about the program, the podcast, the Rumble page. It's all there at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Just uh, look for Priority Talk. You'll find it. Um, many of you may be listening to this conversation with Jeremiah J. Johnston. We're uh, uh, also sharing this to Conversations with Greg Davis and uh, lots of great conversations just like this one there that you can listen to as well on all of your podcast platforms. Uh, Jeremiah Johnston with us. He is uh, will soon be the Associate Pastor of Apologetics and Cultural Engagement at Prestonwood Baptist Church and uh, has uh, an article today among several he's got out this week, but one in particular that caught my eye was on Fox News, and uh, he is there um, talking about the situation in his home state of Texas this week, of course, with the horrible uh, school shooting. Uh, Jeremiah, tell us, uh, tell us how your week has been. Uh, you know, we're on Thursday. The shooting was a few days ago. Um, you know, tie this in to your personal and then take us to the Word of God. Well, you know, it's been very difficult for all of us, everyone who has children. Um, how can you not be completely shocked um, and horror, emotional, and all of those emotions are okay. You know, as, as people of faith, we have to do a better job of giving people the space to process their pain. And I think we've all been in pain this week. I have been, too, because I have a 10-year-old son who's my best friend. His name's Justin, and he's you know, the same age as so many of the victims that sure. were killed mercilessly yeah. and Uvalde and executed. And, you know, last night as a family, we gathered, all seven of us, including the triplets, and we prayed for the families in Uvalde, the community, everybody involved, that the peace of God, the shalom of God would comfort and that God would help people and meet them at their greatest point of need, because that's what God does. And so I felt the rawness. And, you know, on an interview I had recently, uh, right before this call, you know, I also want to just call out these nihilistic professors for a minute, and let me explain that term. Nihilism, mm -hmm. Latin means you don't, you know, there is nothing, no good, no evil, and there's a lot of professors that are so, so into relativism in their classroom, they won't even say that, you know, the concentration camps were evil. Where are all those professors right now? Because what happened was pure evil in Uvalde. It was demonic. This person was obviously demonized, to use an official yep. New Testament Greek term. I, I said demonized. the exact same thing yesterday. It was a, it was a, a demonized person. Wow. That's exactly right. And, um, and so I found myself groaning in prayer, as many have, because, you know, we can pray without using words, and because the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf with groanings which cannot be uttered, and God's called in the very next verse, 27, the searcher of hearts. He knows our hearts. And um, I just got a call. I was awoken Wednesday morning early by a friend in New York who's in media who just said, you know, this is pure evil. Can you, you know, offer us some hope? And this was a piece that I put together of, I guess, that my first three steps forward as I wrote Wobbly as they may be, is, you know, how can we pray about this? How can we think about it? And then what can we do immediately? And then finally, I just offered a prayer for Uvalde that I wrote. I'm not really big into writing prayers unless something really tragic has happened. And so I, I took a chance and wrote a prayer for Uvalde that, that the article closes with. And I'm I'm hopeful that it will cause people to, A, know how to pray with their family about this, B, know what to do, because we, we serve a God that we have faith in His promises, not in explanations necessarily, but thirdly, also how to practice the, the, you know, the ministry of presence, and we have to do what's called the work of grief. 
which is so hard. But again, you know, God will meet us in those hard moments. So that's kind of a summary of my direction that I took with it. Yeah, and you and you went to uh, the book of Habakkuk, chapter one, which would be a great passage this Sunday for pastors who are uh, struggling to uh, of, of what to uh, share with their their, their flock. Uh, in, in light of this, uh, especially those that are so close to it, it affects us all. But those in Texas, of course, it's uh, right in your back door. Uh, talk to us about uh, Habakkuk chapter one. Yeah, well, Habakkuk is really an interesting person in the Bible, and this is again what smacks to me of the authenticity of the scriptures. Is the scripture doesn't hide the the vulnerabilities of life, and as you know, Greg, you're an apologist and a great Christian thinker. It doesn't hide the vulnerabilities that we all have as well, and. 56 verses in Habakkuk, you literally read the man's prayer diary. It's the only person that Habakkuk speaks to in the book of Habakkuk is God. And in chapter 1, he shows us that we all pray way too religiously because Habakkuk dares God to be God. And I've been bathing my mind in this in this book this week. I've been really in it for the last two years for a variety of reasons. It's inexhaustible. But he begins his prayer, and I paraphrase it, God, are you dead? Are you really who you say you are, God? Hmm. And that's how he's able to lament. And, of course, he asks God to give him a reason. He wants to know why devastation has fallen, shockingly so, on Israel and on Judah specifically. Why is God raising up Nebuchadnezzar to decimate Judah? That's the biblical context. And God, of course, responds with one of the most misinterpreted verses and says, you know, if I were to tell you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. Guess what? It was about to get a lot worse. That's, <laughs> that's how it's misinterpreted. Yeah. People use that verse to kind of think things are getting better. No, it's going to get worse, and God begins to give a little glimpse to Habakkuk of what's going on, and he almost passes. Well, he basically passes out. And so God, what I found is when we ask God for an explanation, you know, like Job's friends, we can want an explanation, and yet God doesn't necessarily give an explanation. He gives a greater revelation of himself. That's what I've learned in my life, at any rate. God will always give me a greater revelation of himself, and that's where God. That's what God did to Habakkuk. And so, uh, number one, you know, we need to let God be big enough to handle our laments. I, I think I wrote an article, to, I don't know if I said this, but 28% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. You know, as Christians, we don't have a very good emotional vocabulary. It's almost like that's been knocked out of us through bad teaching at church, you know, the kind of slap a Bible verse on someone, get better quick, snap out of it, you're better than this. We don't really see people respond that way in scriptures. I mean, Jews mourned the death of a loved one for a year and then reburied the bones. I mean, they took grief seriously. And so we need to, we need to be better, Greg, about just grieving through this and not necessarily trying to fix it. Well, grief takes time. And, and we don't live in a, a culture that values taking your time. Everything moves so quickly. And, uh, right. and, we, and we, don't, we don't grieve and, and, and let that work its way out and through us. And, you know, we, uh, you as a fellow Southern Baptist, um, you know, we've, we've heard many calls to lament this week as well in light of the, uh, you know, the, the report that came out from the uh, uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, we've been hearing that, and so that's been something we've talked about this week as well. Is uh, let's don't knee jerk. Let's take time. Let's pray. Let's lament. Let's mourn. Let's grieve, uh, and, and prepare ourselves to, uh, to to do right. And uh, and so this is sort of the same way. Uh, you know, we can't just uh, flip a switch and move on uh, from any of these type of situations. Uh, when evil is in our sight, when uh, when when horrible things ha- have taken place. Um, there is a place for this, and it is a lost art. And you do talk about this in your book, uh, Unleashing Peace, which we, uh, we we encourage people to get. 
Uh, tell them about how you approach the, the grief and the lamenting throughout the book. Yeah, I approach it in that, you know, it's healthy, and we need to give people the space to grieve. Mm-hmm. Jesus, though, will meet us in those moments that are most unexpected. I think of John 11, where the sisters of Lazarus said, Lord, they literally say the same thing to Jesus. Yeah. So obviously they had had this conversation. If you had only been, been here, here yeah. my brother would not have died. And I mean, I imagine people are saying that, and it's okay to say that in Uvalde. And of course, many of us, you know, we're like the disciples in John 8, Lord, who sinned this boy or his parents, or maybe it's John 9, 3, that he was born blind. And Jesus, of course, said neither, but that the Son of the power of the Son of God would be made manifest among you. And so we can ask those questions, we can grieve, but let's do the good work of grief. Let's allow people to grieve with us. Let's allow people to be present with us. You know, grief, if we're not careful, can isolate us, so we don't want to be isolated when we're grieving. Um, you know, and others feel like, hey, you know, um, you know, I can't, I, I don't know what to say, and so I'm going to stay away from a friend or family member. You know, when tragic events happen like this, even if it's not in your geographical area, it brings up all those raw emotions if you've lost a child or if you've lost a loved one. And so we want to be very sensitive to people and not try to just, give a quick answer. And guess what? What I've realized, God does answer a lot of our questions, but there are sometimes no answers for the evil in the world. And that's where Romans eight twenty eight comes into play. We have to trust in that all things will work together for good. Yeah. Uh, we will uh, post the article to our social medias from Fox News so you can read Jeremiah's article there today. It also comes with a, uh, an interview from uh, your friend, and, and, and we've had him on the program many times, uh, Pastor Greg Laurie out of California. And uh, that is there as well as a word to the nation cool. that was uh, later in the evening. So we will post that. Uh, find the book Unleashing Peace uh, by Jeremiah J. Johnston. It's his latest, and it's endorsed by a, a who's who of um, people that I highly respect and that have been on the program from uh, Robert J. Morgan just a few, just gosh, just a week or two ago, Sheila Walsh, Lee awesome. Strobel, Greg Jantz, um, Dave Willis, Greg Matt, uh, Greg Mott, um, uh, so many out here, Phil Cook, Jack Graham, of course, uh, Gary Habermas, Jarrett Stevens. These are all people that, that we respect that have been on the program that I am just seeing right off the top of the list. Sean McDowell, of course. So uh, we, we do highly encourage you to get this book, and I know some of our readers already have gotten it from the last time you were with us. Jeremiah Johnston, we appreciate the work you're doing, and uh, when it comes to apologetics and cultural engagement, uh, we're going to continue to uh, see you as a, as a friend here in Alabama. Thank you, ma'am. Well, Greg, thank you, and thanks for exemplifying Christian thinkers and having such an awesome program. You got it.